episode 73 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you with another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is being recorded on a Thursday. We are still very much in the draft aftermath right now. Oh my goodness, what a crazy night. Uh, The draft was all over the place, I think as we expected. A lot of surprises. The Knicks, I I have to say, uh, before I say anything, before I say anything, we're going to get into a number of things on this podcast. We're going to get through the draft, not just the Knicks draft, but most of the draft, some of the notables, some of the crazy picks, some of the moves. Some of the wild wheeling and dealing, including what the Knicks did in the second round. We've got a lot of stuff to get to on the Knicks front and in the draft front as well. We're going to lead off with that. But we will get to what the Knicks did after the draft as well. Basically just just absolutely blowing up half of the roster. But also an addition they made as well, which was definitely near and dear to my heart. As many of you have probably noticed on this Thursday when the podcast is recorded. And of course you guys will be listening to this on the Friday after. A uh, quick side note, if I miss anything, uh, if we don't cover something, it's either because it didn't happen before the recording, because it's ha- everything's happening right now, it's such a quick window, or there's just so much going on, we just didn't have enough time to get to it. So that's the reason. I mean, we're going to get to everything you guys want to get to, but there's going to be probably some stuff that falls through the cracks, either because it's going to happen later on, on in Thursday or early Friday, or... We just didn't have enough time in the show to get to it. So let's hop right in. We start with the draft, and we're going to start right from the top before we really dive into the Knicks stuff. We're going to go through the draft first. We'll go through the Knicks. I'll give my grade for the Knicks as well uh, on their draft night and obviously what they did afterwards as well. And we'll also dive into some of the moves the Knicks have made already to clear up some cap space. Number one pick in the draft, it was pretty much, uh, you know, up in the air for a while over the last couple of weeks. It was really going to be one of three guys towards the the last hours before the draft. Everyone was kind of leaning where I was leaning for most of it, which is that Anthony Edwards would be the first overall pick in the draft. It came to fruition and the Georgia, the Georgia native and the Georgia Bulldog was taken first overall by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Congratulations to him. After that, it was it was actually pretty expected, in my opinion, over the next two picks. I thought Golden State, if they kept the pick, was going to take James Wiseman, and they did. Uh, awful news, I have to say, on the Clay Thompson front. Obviously, he's been recovering from a torn ACL, getting ready for the upcoming season, which is going to start in just over a month from uh, the time of recording. And all of a sudden, he tears his Achilles and is going to miss the entire 2020-2021 NBA season. I feel absolutely terrible for Klay Thompson. It's just an awful situation for him, for his family, and for the Golden State Warriors organization. Our hearts and prayers go out to him and his family. Just a terrible, terrible way Uh for him to go about these last couple of years. He comes so close to getting back ready to go for this upcoming season. And then he has another season ending injury to his other 
leg. I, just terrible to see that. You never want to see anybody go that go through that, even if it's on an opposing team. It's it's one of the worst things you can see in sports. A guy that's gonna be a Hall of Famer as well. We're, we're just losing years of his career, and it's not fair. It's not fair at all. And I just feel terrible for him and his family. And again, we knew that, by the way, before this pick was made. So some were speculating whether the Warriors would go in a different direction, knowing that Klay Thompson was likely out for the season at the time that the pick was made. They stuck to their guns, and they took the Penny Hardaway mentored Memphis Tiger, James Wiseman, with the second pick in the draft. Then things got very interesting. Everyone expected it to happen, and it ended up happening LaMelo Ball goes to the Charlotte Hornets. The Knicks did not trade up. Neither did the Bulls. Neither did the Pistons. And we'll get to that in a second as well. One of the surprising picks of the lottery. But LaMelo Ball goes to the Charlotte Hornets. And we may get that MJ LeVar one-on-one to settle the score once and for all. (laughs) Once and for Ball. Who's the best? Anyway... Um, but in all seriousness, great pick by the Hornets. I, I, I kind of felt like if LaMelo Ball didn't go number one, that this was how it was going to play out with one, two, and three. Edwards, Wiseman, and Ball. And in the end, that's how it played out. So it was kind of status quo until pick number four, where things really kind of went off the rails in this draft. I have to say, going into this draft... There were about five or six different guys I thought were, could have a chance to get picked at four. None of them were Patrick Williams out of Florida State. <laughs> Yet, that was the pick from the Bulls at number four. Listen, there were some murmurs before the draft started that this was possible. I believe Sports Illustrated wrote an article saying that this was a possibility at four. I did not think they were actually going to do it. And Patrick Williams, a small forward out of Florida State... A guy that I think was the sixth man of the year, if memory serves, in the ACC. Didn't play a whole lot as a starter in college. Goes to the Bulls at four. Really a head-turning pick. Especially considering who was picked next in the draft as well at the same position. So a very, very weird fourth pick. Because then Isaac Okoro out of Auburn, I'd argue a better small forward, was picked by the Cavs. So now, now everyone's thinking, whoa, okay, what happened to Killian Hayes? What happened to Obi Toppin? What happened to Denny Abdija? What is going on? I mean, it was really all up in the air from there. I think that, I think Oyeka Okungwu going to, uh, going to Atlanta kind of settled things down. But then at seven, again, this was for me, what I'm thinking at this moment, watching the draft as a Knicks fan, I'm thinking one of two things at six. There's a pretty good chance the Hawks are not going to take Tyrese Halliburton or Obi Toppin. I thought they were going to go either big or they were going to go with a wing, like a small forward or a shooting guard. They went big. They went with Ogunwu. I think it's a pretty good pick for them for what they need on the roster around Trey Young. It's it's what the Hawks, I think, were kind of expected to do in this draft. At seven, I, I honestly thought that Tyrese Halliburton was going to go to Detroit. I really did. I, I thought it was either going to be him or Obi Toppin, and it's it was neither of them. They went. They ended up going with Killian Hayes, uh, the, the point guard out of France. I was shocked uh, that Detroit went that way, 
But then I was absolutely getting the friction going with the hands, rubbing them together, thinking, oh, mama, Tyrese Halliburton is there. Here we go. I'm thinking the Knicks are going to take it. My, my whole thought process in the hours leading up to the draft, because, again, we talked about it so much on this show, was, listen, the Knicks are probably not going to trade up to get LaMelo Ball. It's probably not going to happen. And there's a good chance Tyrese Halliburton's not going to be there at eight. So what are the Knicks going to do if that happens? And my whole thought was I, I had two guys. I had two guys in my head that I thought the Knicks would probably take. Devin Vassell out of Florida State, a guy that's been kind of linked with the Knicks over the last couple of weeks. Or, you know, I, I thought they might do the bad thing and, and take Kyra Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. That's kind of where I, my, my head was at because many people thought he was going to go a lot higher than uh, that some had, an, had anticipated. Or, you know, again, the Knicks could have taken, you know, somebody like a Denny Avdija um, or maybe an Aaron Naismith, you know. And again, my heart was thinking maybe Cole Anthony. But in the end, the Knicks uh, had the option of taking Tyrese Halliburton. They didn't take him and they took Obi Toppin from the Dayton Flyers. Now, for those that were following me on Twitter last night, I was shocked. There's no doubt about that. I was absolutely shocked. I thought if Tyrese Halliburton was there at eight, the Knicks would take him in a heartbeat. But I said this, I've said this before. I said this weeks before the draft. If the Knicks didn't take a guard with this pick, they had to take the best available player. And for them, their guy from the beginning, it turns out, was Obi Toppin, a, a Brooklyn native, a guy from the city, a guy that clearly felt the significance of the Knicks taking him in the draft. And guys, from what to be fair, when his name was read, I was shocked. But guys, I have to say, about an hour after the draft, I was absolutely buzzing. It just, it, it absolutely got me excited for two reasons. Number one, it sunk in that the Knicks had wanted this guy from the beginning. Yes, you know, they, they, went, on, they went hard and wine and dine Kyra Lewis Jr. Yes, they, they ripped, you know, Cole Anthony publicly and Tyrese Halliburton publicly. They knew that if they got the chance, and there were reports, by the way, before the draft, that the Knicks were going to trade up to try to get him at five. They thought the Cleveland was going to take him but they didn't, and it ended up falling into place for the Knicks to take Obi Toppin at eight, the national player of the year in college out of Dayton last season. That was the reason, that was reason number one, and reason number two was this, and I, I saw a number of people saying this today in the in the aftermath, and it just, it hit home with me after the draft last night, and, and after everyone has been saying it today, it hits home even more. The Knicks need talent. The Knicks need talent. It doesn't matter what the position is almost, they need top-level talent, and that's what Obi Toppin is. Obi Toppin is a physical specimen, a freak athlete, and a fantastic offensive player. The hope now, and again, he's a, he's, he's a very good shooter, obviously can dunk the basketball, very good offensively in the pick and roll. The hope now is he can develop his defensive game. That's the hope. Well, Tom Thibodeau is his head coach. So that's going to be a very nice partnership and just the way he's been talking about it over the last couple of days that's what's gotten me excited about this pick 
However, there's a third part to that, which we will get to, that made me, for a moment, crestfallen, and then very, very excited later on in the draft. So, Danny Abdesia goes to the Wizards at 9. That was a very, very good pick, I thought, for the Wizards, particularly the fact that they wanted him, and the fact that he ended up falling to them. There were some that had him going to Golden State at number 2. He falls to 9, and the Wizards from all intents and purposes, get their man at number nine. Then came arguably the second weirdest pick in the lottery. Phoenix takes Jalen Smith out of Maryland. I I was absolutely shocked by that selection. I I didn't get it at all. I don't get the fit. I I don't understand what, what lured him to Phoenix. I I thought with Devin Vassell on the board that he was an option. Again, Tyrese Halliburton was still on the board. Uh, Aaron Naismith was still on the board. And Isaiah Stewart was still on the board. But they go with Jalen Smith. And I I just, with, 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 with eight in there, I, I just didn't quite get that one. Tenth pick in the draft, remember. And, and with the way that the Phoenix Suns are set up, DeAndre Ayton being the anchorman. Remember, DeAndre Ayton's only 22 years old out of Arizona. Jalen Smith's selection, I think, was a head-turner for me. No question about that. I absolutely did not see that coming. Vassell went 11th to, to the Spurs. He's going to be a good player now. I mean, the Spurs took him. Um, and then Tyrese Halliburton. And and this was a bit of a shock, to be fair. I thought Tyrese Halliburton, part of me, was going to go much higher in this draft. I thought he could have been a top five pick in this draft. And again, I thought the Knicks would take him if he was there at eight. He was. They didn't take him. He drops to 12th to the Kings. And now he's going to have to battle things out with De'Aaron Fox, who some are not sure if he's going to stay there long term. So it's an interesting pick. For the Kings, many thought the Kings kind of won the draft by snatching Tyrese Halliburton. Many have raved over his interviews and things of that nature. You know what? In the end, it's a good pick for the Kings, and we'll see if it works out. Um, I got worried after that because I thought at 23 that the Knicks were going to take Kyra Lewis Jr. I said it on Twitter. I jumped the gun, not uh, not for the first time, or sorry, not for the last time last night. Uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. ends up going 13th to the New Orleans Pelicans, which I was just so relieved. I just didn't feel like he was worth using a first-round pick on. And, his, and New Orleans, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, we will see what Stan Van Gundy and company decide to do with him. But it was just a very uh, precarious situation there. No doubt about that. But Aaron Naismith to the Celtics. Cole Anthony didn't fall as far as I thought was possible, which is good. I think, I don't know if he's going to work out in Orlando. Orlando just, it seems like where careers go to just kind of be careers, if, if you will, in Orlando. But I'm glad that Cole Anthony still was a top half of the, of the first round pick. He deserved that. He's a great talent. And I again, we'll see what happens in Orlando. But I, I think that's, could that could end up being a nice pick for the Orlando Magic? Because he's a very, I think he's going to be a very good NBA player. We'll skip ahead a few picks here because then it got interesting for the Knicks towards the end of the first round. I thought that two players for me were in play with the 23rd pick. Again, the Knicks traded 
the second round pick and the 27th or 28th pick, I forget where they were, um, to go up to 23. And, I, and again, I thought that was to take Kyra Lewis Jr. I really did. I thought they were going to take Kyra Lewis Jr. at 23. It didn't happen. They didn't get the chance. There were, for me, then two players on the board I thought the Knicks could really use. I thought Sadiq Bey out of Villanova would have been a really nice pick at 23. He ends up getting picked at 19th in this draft. Um, it was it ended up being the Nets pick. However, they traded Sadiq Bey to the Pistons. And in return, I believe, that was the trade that got them Landry Shamit. So they got some shooting in the end uh, for Sadiq Bey. So Brooklyn doesn't keep the pick in the end. They make it for, uh, pardon me, for Detroit. And in the end, they get Landry Shambit. So in the end, I think that ends up being a decent move uh, for Brooklyn. They come out with a solid player in the draft, just ends up not being a, a, a prospect. So it's an interesting move there that Brooklyn made. And then for me, the second player on the board, if if Sadiq Bey wasn't there for me, was Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky. I thought that would have been a really nice pickup for the Knicks, but another division rival snatched him up at 21. He's going to be a 76er. So Tyrese Maxey went to the Sixers. Then then another player I thought could have been on the Knicks radar uh, at 22 ended up going to the Nuggets, Zeke Naji, the power forward, although again, the Knicks had already taken one in Obi Toppin. But again, another, again, if you're thinking talent, Zeke Naji would have been a nice pick at 23. And then tragedy struck. I, I honestly, I'm watching the draft. I'm texting with a lot of people that I know um, about the Knicks and the draft. And we were all absolutely curious what the Knicks are going to do here now that Maxi was off the board, Bay was off the board. Um, some were, some were, you know, dreading, you know, maybe an RJ Hampton pick here. Some thought maybe Peyton Pritchard out of Oregon. Others thought maybe a Malachi Flynn out of San Diego State. Some were even saying, uh, I've had a few people texting me hoping that they wouldn't take Desmond Bain out of TCU because he just didn't fit what the Knicks needed. They needed a, a point guard, right? They needed a point guard. And then a guy that I hadn't even seen on a board throughout the entire draft process pops up on my screen. Leandro Bomaro from Argentina. And my, and again, remember, I'm not following the stuff on social media. I am just texting with friends and colleagues of mine. My head hit the desk in front of me. I couldn't believe it. And honestly, I was shocked. That was the most shocking moment for me of the entire night was seeing that name pop across the screen. They Knicks traded all of that to get a guy that's probably not going to play in the NBA for at least a year or two. And I'm thinking, oh no. Here we go. What are we going to do? I, what what was this all for? You know? And then it turned around. In a matter of 10 minutes, it all turned around. It turned out the Knicks had traded the pick to Minnesota. And then two picks later, the Knicks took Emmanuel quickly out of Kentucky. Unbelievable turnaround from the New York Knicks. I, I mean, I, I 
Everyone I was texting with, social media, I mean, everybody couldn't believe the Indiana Jones-like bait and switch that the Knicks pulled off here to get into the position they wanted to, to not only get a future pick in 2023, but to snag Emmanuel quickly, a guard that's much needed on this roster. I couldn't have been happier with the pick. Maybe it's a little high. You know, maybe they reached a little bit for Emmanuel quickly, but I thought from the beginning that quickly was either going to be a very late first round or an early second round pick. And in this draft, this was very possible that Emmanuel quickly could have been picked here. And as I saw on Twitter and as I tweeted out, the fortunes changed very quickly for the New York Knicks late in the first round. This made me feel very good about the draft. Uh, no question about that. Again, the Knicks got a, uh, the 33rd pick as well. Um, it ended up not being for them. Uh, the Knicks ended up, again, the Knicks ended up trading that pick for a 2023 pick. The pick was initially, I believe, let me go and double check this. Um, if memory serves, uh, it was Daniel Oturu, the center out of Minnesota, Ends up going to the Timberwolves, so he stays local. Um, that was the Knicks. The Knicks took him for that. However, the pick ended up getting traded, I should say, to the Clippers. So that's how the whole deal kind of shook out with all this stuff going on. So in the end, the Knicks get two, I think, really nice pieces from this draft. A guy that could be a generational offensive talent. And, our, and again, many think could be one of the best players out of this draft in Obi Toppin, a New York guy who couldn't be more thrilled to put on the Knicks uniform. That makes me really excited about him. And then you grab a guard in Emmanuel Quickly who could develop. Again, he's got a Kentucky connection on the bench, on the sidelines, in the staff. And Emmanuel Quickly, a guy that can really shoot the basketball, a guy that's got to develop a little bit defensively, although he could be a very good defender. No question about that. A lot to work with there. Athleticism's lacking a bit. Size is lacking a bit, but he makes up for it with his stroke. He makes up for it with his quickness and his agility and his ability to get to the basket and be a good all-around scorer. And he can dish the ball as well. I I like the pick. I really do. And and I think the combination of Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly could be a really nice jolt to the youth on this Knicks roster going forward. I got to say, I got to say, I gave the Knicks a B for this draft. I really did. Listen, they didn't get one of the top three point guards that I wanted them to get, but they got arguably the best player in the draft offensively in Obi Toppin, and they grabbed a solid guard late in the first round in Emmanuel quickly and the way that they moved up their two spots and then got the guard they wanted that was the best available in their opinion in quickly at 25 and then got a future pick instead of Daniel Oturu at 33 I, I I thought that that made a lot of sense looking back at it because again you're stacked at that position I just I just thought that Obi Toppin's a great talent quickly makes sense for the future and possibly for the present as well and then you grab another pick I, I i just thought that in the again i can't go much higher than a b i think initially when when the draft was first over i was thinking a b minus but then when oturu got traded for that pick 
the whole plan kind of made more sense to me for the Knicks. And I and I bumped it up to a B. I, I really did. I'm excited about Obi Toppin. I'm excited about Emmanuel Quickly. I think Leon Rose and company, you know what? For what was thrown at them, for the for the players that they wanted, for the plan that they had, and the way they adjusted late in the first round, I think a B is more than fair. And now we wait and see. Now we wait and see what happens moving forward. Because pun intended, it could be a slam dunk with Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly could turn into a really solid NBA player with the New York Knicks with the current regime in charge. Let's take a break here. Uh, We'll go through what the Knicks did after the draft, after the break on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Second half of the show, I, I, I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing. The Knicks actually had a solid night in the draft, and I'm really excited about it. I'm really, really, really happy with the way things turned out. And again, the Knicks didn't even get anybody I, I was expecting them to get. You know, they didn't get Tyrese Halliburton. And, I, and again, in the moment, I was really, really bummed about it. But then I realized what the Knicks' plan was, and it just made sense. The plan made sense. And I'm I'm honestly thrilled. I'm really happy with what the Knicks did. I'm buzzing about it. RJ Barrett and Obi Toppin is going to be a heck of a combo when the season kicks off on December 22nd. I'm really looking forward to them playing together. And remember, that was one of the things that Leon Rose stressed in the lead up to the draft was that they need guys to play with RJ Barrett. And Obi Toppin's a guy that can play with R.J. Barrett. I mean, Barrett needs the ball in his hands to be effective. Who's the best pick-and-roll guy in this draft on the offensive end of the floor? It's Obi Toppin. It just makes a lot of sense that the Knicks went in that direction. And then, again, it's another Kentucky guy, but, again, with the Kentucky connections on in this, in this this uh, on this uh, bench, coaching-wise with the Knicks now, I really think that he could develop into a really solid player. Again, the risk is... Maybe did the Knicks overrate him a little bit? Did the Knicks take him too high? But what Emmanuel quickly could possibly do, and again, I had him I had him on the radar early on as a potential early second round pick. But the Knicks said, you know what, with who's available, with where we've just traded into, let's take him right now. Let's take him right now, and then let's trade that second round pick for a future pick. And that's what they did. And it just makes a lot of sense. So honestly, let me know what you guys think. I'm really, I'm buzzing. I, honestly, the Knicks didn't get LaMelo Ball. They didn't get Tyrese Halliburton. They didn't get Cole Anthony. And I'm buzzing about it. I didn't think I'd be saying that the day after the draft. But I'm really happy. I'm happy with Obi Toppin. I'm happy he wants to be here and wants to be a Nick and could fit into this system. And I'm really happy with Emmanuel quickly. I think it could be a really nice pick at 25 in this draft. So let me know what you guys think about the picks. Um, the wide range that I've seen on social media, everyone's really excited about Obi Toppin. And, and people seem to be pretty thrilled with the maneuvers the Knicks pulled, the old bait and switch. And in the end, they come out with a future 2023 pick and they get a nice guard out of Kentucky in Emmanuel quickly. So again, I, I gave it a B for the draft. I think the Knicks get a B 
for the NBA draft as a whole. I, I honestly, again, for a moment there, I was looking at a D. I was looking at a hard D because, <laughs> not like that, but I was looking at it. I was looking at giving the grade of a D. When, when that Leandro pick came in the, the, from Argentina, I, I didn't know what the, I didn't get it. I didn't know where they were going. I jumped the gun on social media. Many of you probably saw thinking, oh my God, the Knicks just threw the draft away. What are they doing? And then the bait and switch came forth and the Knicks turned it around quickly in about 10 minutes and a B bumped all the way back up to a B and the Knicks have got two really nice players out of this draft. Hopefully that could be part of this organization for years to come. So what did the Knicks do after the draft? Some of you may not have seen this, by the way. Not many Knicks fans have commented on this yet. We'll get to to the Knicks moves on the roster in a second. But as far as picking up new players, the Knicks did sign an undrafted free agent and a guy near and dear to my heart. For those that know me, that have listened to the show for a long time, you know I'm a big college basketball guy. I'm a Seton Hall guy. So to see one of our own, in Miles Powell, sign with the Knicks um, was just an amazing moment for me. Listen, I've covered Miles Powell for a while now. I've interviewed Miles Powell. I've gotten to know him a little bit uh, through a couple of sit-downs with him. Couldn't be a better guy, and he's a hell of a player. I, I think the Knicks could really use a guy like Miles Powell on their team. Again, I don't know if he'll make the roster. I think he could, I think he's got a really good shot to potentially be on a two-way contract with the Knicks. I really do. I think it's a good chance, especially after Kenny Wooten was waived uh, earlier today. I think Miles Powell could be a really good candidate to fill that spot on the roster. I really do. I think Miles Powell is a fantastic scorer of the basketball. He's a fantastic shooter in particular. Has to work on his defense. He's a bit undersized, but he signs an Exhibit 10 contract and listen, he's a New Jersey guy through and through from Trenton, from the capital. Uh, I just, I again, probably one of the reasons he's a CAA client. That's that's Leon Rose's former organization where he was an agent. After the Knicks cut Kenny Wooten, this could be a really good opportunity for Miles Powell to be a New York Knick. And I think that would just, for, for me personally, I'm biased, obviously, because I know him a bit. I've covered him. He go. He went to my school, my alma mater, while I was there for a year as well. So I, I got to cover him as a student and as a professional. I, I, I'm over the moon for him, for his family. Uh, first guy to ever graduate from his family from college, um, and and I think a lot of pirate fans, a lot of pirate alums, a lot of pirate, uh, a lot of people, the pirate family, super proud of Miles Powell and the fact that he's going to be a Nick get a chance to play with the New York Knicks is unbelievably, unbelievably cool. So again, if you hear Miles Powell's name a lot more, I think you're going to be very, very pleased with what you see out of him. And I'm really excited for him, for Seton Hall, and for the Pirate family. Very cool to see Miles Powell get a chance uh, with the New York Knicks. By the way, uh, before I get off the, the Seton Hall train here, Romaro Gill... Miles Powell's teammate, a guy that two, three years ago looked like he was going nowhere in basketball, signed an Exhibit 10 contract with the Utah Jazz today. So I, I again, the Pirate family is having a really good day today. It's a great day to be a Pirate. I have to throw that in there for the Pirate fans uh, and my Pirate family that are listening right now. 
so thrilled for Miles and for Roe. So, so cool. So, so cool. And as a Nick fan as well, this is a really cool day. So I was so excited for Miles Powell. So excited for Romero Gill. We're crossing our fingers on Quincy McKnight, um, but we'll see what happens there. Just wanted to throw that in real quick because you guys, I think, will really like Miles Powell a lot if things go his way. He continues to work hard and maybe potentially, knock on wood, makes this Knicks roster and potentially, you know, again, could fully make the roster or potentially on a two-way deal. So we'll see what happens. But wishing the best of luck to Miles Powell and to Romero Gill. And we'll see what happens moving forward. So again, keep an eye on him as things move forward. Uh, going into training camp, Miles Powell will be there. And uh, we will see what happens moving forward going towards that December 22nd start time, start date for opening night of the NBA season. Very cool for Seton Hall, for Miles Powell, and for the New York Knicks organization as a whole. A couple other things that are definitely worth noting here, you guys. A lot of Knicks cap space was opened up. $40 million of it, or just over $40 million. As the Knicks let go of six veteran players, uh, Taj Gibson got waived, Alfred Payton got waived, Wayne Ellington got waived, and the option was declined of just under $16 million on Bobby Portis's contract. Um, not surprising, especially on two of those fronts. I had a feeling that uh, Wayne Ellington and Taj Gibson were not going to be brought back. It just kind of, the writing was kind of on the wall there. Bobby Portis, I think, was a little bit more up in the air. Um, it was an interesting one. But in the end, too much money. They waived the team option. I think it made sense. I think Bobby Portis was too hot and cold to be a future part of this Knicks team. For me, I, th- I think if there's anyone that was a little a little surprising, it was maybe Alfred Payton. I thought he could be maybe a long-term, uh, you know, maybe you know rotation guy on this roster. But, you know, again, the Knicks are trying to really build from the ground up here. And, you know, those are the kind of guys sometimes you got to let go. And to be fair, one of the biggest knocks on Alfred Payton was his turnovers. And uh, in a way, in the way that, you know, Tom Thibodeau is going to run this team. This is a team that cannot commit a lot of turnovers going forward. So it made sense. Honestly, it made sense to clear those guys out. The Knicks also declined a $1.7 million option on Theo Pinson's deal as well. That again, made a lot of sense to me. And Kenny Wooten was waived as well as we mentioned earlier. And hopefully again, uh, a little biased here saying it, but it would be really cool if Miles Powell could fill that role moving forward for the Pirates or, or out of the out of Seton Hall, out of the Pirate program for the New York Knicks. I can't believe I'm even saying that. Really cool, and hopefully that works out for him because again, he could be a really nice scoring option and a really good three point shooter. That could be a really nice addition to what the Knicks are looking for on this roster. So especially with you know again, you're trying to integrate maybe Iggy Brasdakis a little bit more. He's got to work on his shooting. Miles Powell's ready to shoot at the NBA level, and to be fair, he's had some really good games at the Garden. As a college player, you can look them up. Uh, they're all over the place. So it's one of those things where uh, he can really fit a nice role on this roster moving forward. So $40 million of cap space opens up, right? What could the Knicks potentially do with all of that money? For me, th- there's really two options at this point. I-, I think from what I've been looking into, from what I've been reading. Oh, actually, by the way, pardon me. Before we dive into that, Before we dive into that, I have to say it is worth noting that the Knicks did exercise the $4.2 million option 
on Reggie Bullock's contract, as well a 3 and D guy, Tom Thibodeau is going to love having him around, I think. I think that made, out of all those guys, that made a lot of sense to bring Reggie Bullock back into the fold for next season. I think he could be a really nice piece for what Tom Thibodeau is going to want to do with this Knicks team. So, I, I again, I, I think I liked a lot of the moves that the Knicks have made over the last couple of days. You know, the draft night moves and then the moves since the draft ended may make a lot of sense. They, they make a lot of sense for where this team is going. Um, it's really cool. I, I think that it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. So I, I'm, I'm really kind of, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy with it. I really am. I'm happy with the picks. I'm happy with the draft. And now what are the Knicks going to do moving forward? The Knicks are not done. No, no chance. There's still a lot to be done here with, with over $40 million in cap space. For me, there's two options. I think the Victor Oladipo thing seems to be getting, you know, kind of leaning away from the Knicks right now, especially um, when you consider what the Knicks still need moving forward. Again, the Knicks need talent, right? The Knicks need stars. Victor Oladipo should still be on the table. However, I think these other two options are more likely. I think the Knicks could trade for Russell Westbrook. I think that's still very much on the table. I thought when the Knicks took Obi Toppin, that made me think even more that Russell Westbrook is a real option for the Knicks to trade for before this season starts. I really do. It's definitely on the table. Will it happen? I don't know. But is it a possibility? You're darn tootin' it is. It's definitely on the table. No doubt. Russell Westbrook to the Knicks is still very much a possibility. However, the second option there is to use that money to sign a shooting guard in free agency by the name of Fred Van Fleet. That's still very much on the Knicks' uh, list of options. Very much still a good option for the Knicks as well. It makes a lot of sense to possibly bring in a Fred Van Fleet for what this Knicks team needs. They need talent. They could use some experience, and they can use some veteran leadership. Fred Van Fleet, and some shooting, for God's sake. Fred Van Fleet checks off all those boxes for the New York Knicks. So I, I think that, that listen, I think when you look at what Leon Rose, Tom Thibodeau, and this group still have, still have to be able to accomplish here, when you look at the roster, there's still some really big things that could happen during this offseason. And I think, again, the Knicks... Had a solid draft last night. Really, it feels like it should be higher the way I'm reacting, but I'm just happy the Knicks just didn't screw it up. I mean, that's it's more relief than anything, but I'm just excited there's exciting talent coming to the Knicks through the draft, and there could be more on the horizon moving forward with this Knicks team. Again, Russell Westbrook could be a very interesting addition to this Knicks team, and then you look at the fact that you know Fred Van Fleet is still very much out there as well. Again, the Knicks still need to address the point guard position. No question about that, right? I mean, that's probably the biggest knock and why I didn't go higher with my grade. That that's the biggest position of need for the Knicks for for years now. Absolutely years now. The Knicks have needed to address the point guard position. They haven't done it. To be fair, they still haven't done it. But the second to that is talent. And the Knicks need a lot of it on this roster and they addressed some of that in the draft and they look to be addressing some of that hopefully in free agency or via trades 
before the season gets started. Really, by next week's show, we could be getting a lot more news on what the Knicks are going to be doing in free agency and what the Knicks are going to be doing in, in trades as well. But guys, the draft is done. We've been covering it for months. For months. This is what this is all you guys have wanted to talk about. This is all you guys have wanted to talk about over the last maybe two or three months now. It's been draft, draft, draft when it comes to the Knicks. We've been talking some NBA. I mean, no doubt about that. But it's been all draft. You guys have been, when it comes to the Knicks, all you guys have wanted to talk about is the draft. Well, you heard what I had to say. I think it's a B draft for the Knicks. Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly are two really nice additions. Miles Powell being signed as an undrafted free agent, I think, is a nice addition as well and could end up being a really nice piece if he makes the roster for the Knicks going into next season. Let me know what you guys think the Knicks are going to do next. Let me know what you guys think of what the Knicks have done in the draft and post-draft as well. Again, hope you guys are doing well out there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the podcast. Guys, add us St. J7 on Twitter or postingandtoasting.com. Go to the Shock Shock Knicks podcast and make sure you let me know. Make your voices heard. What do you think of the Knicks 2020 NBA draft? And what do you think the Knicks are going to do next? Until then, thank you as always for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.